The 371st edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bird Dog Shorts. Dominate summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free Yeti-style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com slash pool. That's birddogs.com slash pool. Hi, Joe DeGenerados, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 371. It's going out to Mikey and Muggsy, Gumby's dogs, who are enjoying a, a thunderstorm currently. They, they may be making a run in on the podcast. You just wait and see. Um, thank you for coming to the show. I'm one of the hosts, Jeff Chalks Fox. No storms up here in Canada. It's a beautiful summer day here. Um, we're not talking about weather. That's what old people talk about. We're talking about. UFC and ESPN Strickland versus Magomedov, which is going down this Saturday Canada Day, we'd like to call July the 1st around these parts. Uh, we're going to break down these six prelim fights for you on this episode. Then tomorrow will be the six main car fights and our fancy, dancy picks. Not doing it alone. As I mentioned, uh, the man with the angry dogs is one and only Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Hello. So I got to ask you, uh, first of yeah. all, how do you feel about the Canada Day card having no Canadians on it? Oh, that's right. Not, I don't feel good at all about it, Dan. There, there's my answer. Not good go. at all. And there's not there even go. any pretend, not even any pretend Canadians on here, as far as I know either. I, I don't think so. But I will tell you that if you listen to the Top Turtle MMA podcast this week, there is a uh, sort of pretend Canadian, soon to be real Canadian on this week. Yeah, he's he's well into being Canadian. It sounds like, and that is tell everyone. Uh, who that's Kamachado, Ka- who's fighting at uh, on the first episode of Contender Series come August, uh, and he's talking about uh, moving from Brazil and being in law school in Brazil to being an MMA fighter in Canada, uh, which I'm sure was a transition his parents loved. <laughs> there you go. Yes, exactly. It'd be uh interesting uh interesting career choice but hey you can't decide what your kids want to do and he's he's doing okay with it he's going on our favorite show contender series soon so he's making a go of it um so that will be the top turtle podcast make sure you listen to that someone that we're going to speak about on this episode yes very soon is another guest on your podcast this week her name is uh ivana petrovich yes that was a good interview as well we'll have to see if we are both going to pick her or not um, like I said up top, we got um six fights to do today. It's the prelim portion of the card. It's gonna be on ESPN and it's gonna go down on Saturday. Before we dive into all that and give you all our picks and all that fun stuff, I'm gonna tell you about bird dogs. Bird dogs make you look good, just like our picks do. Bird dogs stretch khaki shirts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon but fit way better. They also fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. That's because Bird Dogs fixed that issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Does Kyle Machado have some Bird Dogs? If he doesn't, he should. Wear some Bird Dogs over in in BC. And if you don't have some Bird Dogs, here's what you should do. Or even if you do have some, you want to get some more, Here's what you do. Go to birddogs, B-R-D-D-O-G-S dot com slash pool, P-O-O-L, and enter promo code pool for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right. 
UFC on ESPN, Strickland versus Megamedov, July the 1st. That would be this Saturday. UFC Apex, back in the Apex. Uh, main card and prelims are both on ESPN, ESPN+. Plus. Uh, the prelims are starting at 4 p.m. Eastern. And we're starting off with, I don't he used to be a favorite of ours, but we're uh, Fairweather fans and he's lost a couple. So I don't know if he's still a favorite of ours or not. That would be Alexander Romanov. He's fighting against a Blagoy Ivanov in a chunky guy kickoff. You don't usually see heavyweight fights kick off fight cards, do you? No, usually this would be a fight night main event, I'm pretty sure. Exactly. <laughs> it shows how, how far our, our chunky king has fallen. Uh, let's tell you about Ivan, Ivanov. First, he's 19-5 and five with one no contest, six knockouts, six submissions. He's been submitted one time. Three and four in the UFC. He's gone one and three over his last four, including losing his last fight. Did it, it fared quite better in PFL and World Series of Fighting. He was four and zero in those in that organization, and he was a champion PFL and WSOF before they changed the name to PFL. Six and one in Bellator as well. Two thousand seven Pro MMA debut. He's a Sambo was a Sambo World Champion. He's been outstriking the UFC by 0.72 strikes per minute, and he's almost even money. He's plus one fifty five currently. King Kong Romanov sixteen and two, six knockouts, nine submissions. He's been knocked out once. Five and two in the UFC. He started off five five and zero oh in the loss two straight, including losing his last fight via TKO. Was a regional champion, a wrestling champion as well. Three inches taller, two inches reach on Ivanov. Four years younger than him. Striking and active striking stats in his favor, and grappling stats are in his favor as well over Ivanov. He has outstruck his UFC opponents by one point six two strikes a minute, and he's at one minus one thirty five on the board over to Gumby. I, I'm gonna go with Blagoy Ivanov. Oh uh, no! Yeah, and, and really giving yeah, up on the boy. I, I mean, it's it, it's a lot of things uh, for me. You know, like the the last couple of fights have looked really bad, and this isn't a fade on how good Romanov is because I think Romanov is good, right? Like I I still really do believe in his skill set and what he's able to do when he's on the mat. Uh, his submission skills are high level. You know, his wrestling looks good when he's landing it. It's more of a fade on his mental space um, be because when you look at those last couple of fights that he's had, when he doesn't succeed in in securing a takedown, it's almost as if he might as well not be in there. It's like he quits as soon as he can't get a takedown. And, you know, obviously that's a huge problem against Alexander Volgov, who's not particularly a, a phenomenal wrestler in there. It's a mostly big problem in that he kind of gave up against Marcin Tybura and, and kind of turned into a, a ball of mush. I, I actually think the Volkov one probably looked a lot worse. But Ivanov is a guy who doesn't really give up a lot of takedowns, right? He, he comes from a judo background. He had a Sambo career. Um, you know, he, be, he beat Fedor in Sambo way back in the day, if you want to count that for something. But, like, he's a guy who has good takedown defense and he also knows that he's one of those people who, who is going to who is going to be faced with a bunch of takedowns right like he, he is going to be one of those guys uh or uh romanov is rather that is just going to try to take you down 30 times and i, I think ivanov stuffs the first two you're just gonna see romanov quit and just kind of get pounded on the feet um so yeah i, I kind of like blagoy ivanov here can't believe you, Dan. Uh, I'm I'm still sticking with our chunky king, Romanov. Bigger, younger. Uh, I'm hoping, like, I just have more faith that he has more left in the tank than Ivanov. But like you said, the mental, 
thing who knows um, yeah i will hasn't, say hasn't looked good mentally the past few fights yeah i will say if if we see the best version of romanov like of course yeah like that he he is the more skilled of these two fighters and the more talented of these two fighters i just don't know about his ability this, this is more of a fade on his ability to adapt um yep. and, and really just like not being willing to spend what'd you say it was negative one on 35. him you know, 135. What am I getting on on Ivanov? Plus 115. Yeah, like it, it's more of just being like, I, I would I, I would be more inclined to take Romanov if it went the other way. But uh, yeah, yeah, I can't take him at a favorite right now. Boy, things things change so quickly around around these parts in this sport. But you know, I I can't uh, I can't bag on you for that pick. Um, I'm definitely not secure picking Romanov here, but I'm going with them. As it is, let's go to women's flyweight. The aforementioned Ivana Petrovic versus Luana Carolina. Carolina would be dread. Carolina, eight and four, two knockouts, one submission. She's been knocked out once, submitted once. Three and three in the UFC. However, she's lost two straight fights. It is not one since October of 2021, so almost two years now. She has missed weight. Also, in the past, she's one low on the contender series. Used to fight down at feather of, excuse me, straw weight and up at a banner weight. And she's at plus 186. There's one of those fun numbers we like uh petrovic six and oh three knockouts two submissions this is her ufc debut she submitted her last two opponents uh, she was a regional champion two inches taller two inches of reach on carolina a year younger minus 220 give me the newcomer petrovic i hear lots of good things about her not just from the interview um there was oh, rumblings about her um before in our sports podcast.com slash discord um and i don't think Carolina is that great of a fighter. Dan can tell you more about Petrovic because uh, he actually studies tape and interviews these people. But uh, but yeah, I believe she's a striker who's actually very good at submissions um, now. A very good grappler. So um, take it away, Gumby. I assume you're picking her as well. Yeah, I'm picking her as well. Negative uh, 220 seems like a good price for her. And, and I'll say this, like, yeah, she, she comes from a striking background. But, you know, even just if you're just somebody who who looks at their tapology record. You're going to see submission after submission up there. And some of the ones that aren't submissions are ground and pound finishes. She finishes a lot of people on the ground. Her last one was over Carolina Wozniak, uh, who, who is a, or uh, Elwina Wozniak, excuse me, uh, Carolina uh, is who she's fighting she's this week. Player, is she not? Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Carolina? Yeah, I, or whoa chick or something. Yeah, it sounds something yes, like that. Yes, something close like that, yes. And, and it's Elwina uh, is the the one who is the fighter from Poland. Uh, but she beat her in Aries for the title. Um, and, and she herself is a good grappler. And she picked up a rear naked choke victory over her. So, like, you know, that obviously bodes really well. I'm impressed with the way she's able to duck under and get under on takedowns. And I think against somebody like Carolina, who is... You know, I, I mean, she gave up a submission to to Ariane Lipsky, who is definitely not a grappler. I, I think as soon as Petrovich wants this to end, she just takes her to the mat and she ends it. Uh, she she could pretty much seemingly do that at will. And, uh, you know, Carolina, too, is one of those women who people have been like, ah, yeah, but she's kind of big for her weight class. And, and the fact that she's going to be the smaller woman here on both reach and height, I think is significant. And, and that's big for Petrovich, too. Has Petrovic uh, fought anyone decent up to this point? Yeah, the the Wozniak is decent. Uh, right. Wozniak was uh, she was I think she was seven and one going into that Aries title fight, um, or or something to that nature, and and had fought some pretty good people too. Um, 
you know, she she had fought Maria Silva, who wound up in the UFC, and and some other people who you had probably heard of, including, uh, oh no, there's who Carolina Wojcik is. Carolina Wojcik was on Contender Series. That's ah, there's the name I was looking for. Um, so there it is. Uh, Wozniak had fought Wojcik, uh, who is also decent. Um, so like, yeah, she, she's fought some some good people in the past. All right. Who? What is? Mm, I'm guessing that's Muggsy. What does Muggsy think about it? Uh, Muggsy thinks Muggsy thinks this uh, this rainstorm sucks. Yes, uh, <laughs> that that was Muggsy, right? That was not yeah, Mikey. That, that was Muggsy. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I thought so. Bark sounded too big for the other dog. All right, let's go to lightweights. Graham Kutsilatse versus Elvis Brenner. You're not going to get a fun line on this fight. Let me tell you. Let me uh, tell you about Brenner first. Fourteen and three, one knockout, eleven submissions. Never been finished in a fight. One known in the UFC, he's won three straight fights. He's not lost since October 2020. He's a regional champion or was. Used to fight up at featherweight. Or was down, excuse me, down at featherweight. Five years younger than Kutsalatse. Striking and active striking stats in his favor. He got outstruck, though, in his one UFC fight by 0. 0.07 strikes per minute. So not really. Uh, plus 475 is the number. Tell you about the Georgian Viking, Kutsalatse. 12 and 3, seven knockouts, one submission. He's been submitted once. One and one in the UFC. He's got nine and one over his last 10 fights, but he did lose the last fight. It's to some guy named Armin Petrosian, though. So I guess we will uh we will allow that. Uh that was back in June of 2022. So he's been out of action a little over a year now. Um, that actually that stat is coming around um that I've been tracking. Fighters who have been out a year off, it's at 47% now. They went 47% of the time. So it's almost at the point where I won't track anymore if it gets to the 50-50 mark, but it's still a slight disadvantage to be out of the cage for a year or more. Um, Kutzlatze used to fight at welterweight 2010 pro MMA debut inch taller than Brenner. He got, he's been outstruck over his UC career by 0. 0.54 strikes a minute. Better grappling stats than Brenner minus 549. That's a brutal number. Um, it I, is. I'm, I'm going to also, did you just say he fought Armin Petrosian? Oh, okay. I'm getting, I'm getting my, who did he lose to? I'm getting my, Demir, Demir is Magulov. Demir is Magulov yeah, lost yeah, to him. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. There you go. Uh, lost to, uh, he, Gamrot. Right, right. Gamrot. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, anyway, sorry. I, I, I wasn't sure if he had <laughs> you fought me. It's Petrosian at some point in time earlier in his career. That would have thrown me off because I think they're pretty different in weight. Um, I, I'm going to take Kutatalaze here, but I am going to say, for everybody out there who is like, bam, I'm just going to throw Kutatalaze in every parlay I have. Stop. Don't do it. Uh, th this is a little bit of a trap fight in a lot of ways. I I'm not going to go as far to to say I'm like picking Brenner, but I think all of the value exists on Brenner's side of the line here. Um, even if you were hashtag throwing this in a parlay, because <sighs> Kutatalaze, remember, backed out of a fight one month ago. Like one month ago, he had to back out of a fight, and we don't know why. And he's back a month later. Um, that's alarming. So he he hasn't been preparing for Brenner. Brenner is like a tough shoot to box guy. He he's hard to knock out. He comes forward no matter what. You know, like all of those things are, are reason to say like, ah, yeah, okay, Kutatalate has fought Ismagulov and Gamrat, both the split decisions. The judges got wonky scorecards on both of them. Actually, neither of these two has been in a UFC fight where I thought the judges got the scorecards right, um, which is pretty wild. Um, but that being said, like, Kutataladze is not like a runaway favorite here. It's not like he's a dude who comes out and finishes or a guy who comes out and puts emphatic performances on 
and he's up against the guy who's a power puncher who walks forward like a zombie. Like, yes, I do think at the end of the day, you're probably going to see Kutatulade hit enough takedowns or have enough control time against the cage or whatever to eke out a victory here, but not so much so that I'm willing to lay negative 550 to mess up all of my parlays. So I'm going to officially say pick Kutatulade, but I'm going to say, you know, tread lightly with him. I am. Can I just say ditto to everything you said? Because yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna say ditto. You know, Kutsalatsi is the pick, but I'm not dabbling in a line that big, especially for you know a fight that's in our eyes at least should should be a lot closer on paper. So yeah, um, this is we don't pass on fights here. We give you picks for every fight, but uh, IRL in in real world in uh, real life, we're not gonna bat at least straight up on that on that fight. Um, one thing we do like to use in the real world is Underdog Fantasy. We are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Media 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and NFL season player props. So many ways to win over on Underdog, and Underdog is available in so many states. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Okie dokie. Let's move on, shall we? Half of the prelims done. Women's featherweight. Interesting fight here. Yana Santos, Carol Hosa. Santos, Foxy is a nickname. Same as me. Amazing, eh? She's 14 to 7 with one no contest, seven knockouts, one submission. She's been knocked out three times, submitted twice, four and four in the UFC. However, she's lost two straight fights. Before that, she had won two straight. She's not won a fight since February of 2021. Used to fight at up at, uh, sorry, down at Bantamweight and up at Lightweight. One and one with one no contest in Evicta and was the champion there. 2009 Pro MMA debut. Taekwondo champion, Muay Thai champion, Bushido champion. Inch of height, inch of reach on Hosa. She is outstruck her UFC opponents by 1.01 strikes a minute, plus 145. Carol Hosa, 16 and five. Four knockouts, two submissions. She's been submitted twice. Five and two in the UFC. Loss, win, loss over her last three. She's taking this fight on short notice. Uh, usually fight the Bantamweight, uh, the rapid weight class because it is a short notice fight. 2012 Pro MMA, MMA debut, five years younger than Santos, more active landing strikes. She's outstruck her UFC opponents by 1.72 strikes a minute. She's at minus 165. Uh, I'm going against my short notice stat. Give me Hosa in this one. Um, I, I just, she's she's much younger, five years. It's a pretty big gap. Um, I'm concerned about where Santos is career-wise, dropping two straight, not winning a fight since she uh, had her second child. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I'm going to go with the younger fighter in this one. Disregard the um, the short notice of it. I just think she's probably at a better spot in her career than Santos is at this point. I also just think Santos doesn't fit the bill of somebody who can beat Rosa. Like, like if you look, look at the people who have beaten Rosa in her whole career, it's like very, very good grapplers. Uh, and you can go back all the way to the beginning of her career when she lost to Giselle Maria, um, who who you might remember from uh, PFL. She lost to Larissa Pacheco, again, good grappler. Melissa Gatto, who we're going to talk about later, again, good grappler. Sarah McMahon, Norma Dumont. You know, like it's people who can grapple with her. Uh, and people who can't grapple with her, the Jocelyn Edwards and Lena Landsbergs of the world, they get worked over by her. Uh, and for me, that's enough, right? Like she's she's going to be faster on the feet than Yana Santos is. Santos also does that thing where like if she needs to be the one pressuring, uh, which I think you have to do to beat Hosa, right? Like you, you nobody beats Hosa by backpedaling the whole fight. 
if she needs to pressure, she just kind of like has trouble figuring out exactly what that range is that she needs to be in. Sometimes she gets way too close. Sometimes she's throwing punches from way too far away. She just like moving forward is less successful than she is moving backwards. Like she actually, she's got nice counters when she's moving backwards, but I think she's up against a fighter who she's not going to beat doing that. And even if she is beating her doing that, that backpedaling is going to lead to the wrestling of Hosa getting going. Um, and that's going to be a nightmare for us. So, yeah, I, I like Jose here, too. Okie dokie. We are on the same track except for the opening fight. Uh, we'll stick with Featherweight. Go to the men's side. Drew Anderson, Brito versus Weston Wilson. Wilson, 16 and 7, five knockouts, 11 submissions. So he's finished all of his wins. Uh, he's been knocked out once, submitted four times. This is his short notice UFC debut. Warning, warning, danger, danger. Uh, he's won three straight fights and six of seven. Four straight wins have come via submission. He was one known Bellator. He's fought at lightweight and welterweight is or was a pro boxer. Five inches taller than Brito, an inch of reach on him, plus 800. Tubero is Brito's nickname. We've talked about this before, what that means, right? Uh, yeah, it's a type of shark, I believe. Correct. Correct. Uh, he's 14-3-1, five knockouts, seven submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. 2-1 in the UFC, 1-0 in the contender series. He's won two straight fights and 12 of his last 13. His last two wins have come via finish. Multi-region championships on his... Mantle. Correct. Get the t-shirt at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. Used to fight at lightweight 2013 pro MMA debut. Six years younger than Wilson. Minus 1205. Not getting a whole lot of great lines on this uh, this prelim portion of the card. Go ahead. No, no. obviously you take Burrito here. Um yeah. Yeah, and, and, and you probably look for a prop to find a way to make him valuable. Like, I think that's probably harder on the Kachataladze line that I talked about. But on the Brie 2 line, you could probably find a TKO prop in there. Because here's the thing. Weston Wilson, I, I'm a little bit shocked that he got this chance, if we're being honest. Um, Tell us about him. You know, like, I, I don't mean to be mean, but, like, there's a lot of other guys at this weight class that would have been better plays here. Like, this is a guy... Yeah, he's you, you mentioned he's won three in a row. Here are the records. Uh nine and twenty, four and four, eight and six. The eight and six guy was on a three fight losing streak going into that fight with him. So like he's it's not like he's out there crushing guys and he's beating them real quick. And in the loss before that, not even a full calendar year ago, not even twelve months ago, he got knocked out by Taruta Ishihara, um, who you might remember from his his wild post-fight interviews when he was in the UFC. But that dude was on a terrible losing streak where he had lost like four in a row to get released by the UFC, lost two in a row, didn't win for three in a row because he did draw one. And then he picks up a win there. And since then has lost a couple more. So, you know, like I don't think this guy can take a punch. He certainly can't take the kind of punch that you're going to see Joe Anderson Brito come with. Because remember, Yes, Brito threw up an absolute stinker in his debut where he, like, forgot to uh, grapple with Bill Algio. But after that, he knocked Andre Feely in uh, completely silly and submitted Lucas Alexander in no time. I think this is a first-round finish. Also, you remember how bad... Uh, let, let's talk about Slugfest from last week. Chepe Mariscal. You remember Chepe Mariscal wins his yes. debut, takes some savage punches, right, from Trevor Peak. Those two go toe-to-toe for 15 minutes, throwing the best things they have. Chepe got knocked out by Joe Anderson Brito in 44 seconds. So, like, even if you have a good chin, 
Bree too sleeps you, and I don't think Weston Wilson does. So, uh, yeah, I, I think this is probably – if you're looking for props, KO in the first round for Joe Anderson, Bree too, uh, when those props show up, definitely the under here. Uh, Bree too gets it done quick. Yep, Bree too is the pick. He's he's looked very good after that little stumble to start off his, uh, his official UFC career. All right, prelim, main event time. Walter Waits, Kevin Lee is back, and he's – they're throwing him in the deep end right off the bat. Uh, Renat Fakhradinov is who he is facing off against here. Uh, the Motown Phenom, Kevin Lee. don't know if you can call him a Phenom at this point. And he doesn't live in Motown anymore either. So his nickname is a Y. Uh, he's 19 and 7, three knockouts, eight submissions. Knocked out once, submitted three times. 11 and 7 in the UFC. He's gone 1 and 2 over his last three and 2 and 4 over his last six. He's not fought since March of 2022. Used to fight at lightweight. Uh, miss weight four times at that weight, but uh, what's weight? He's he's hitting the weight, uh, so he should be okay. Hopefully, was a regional champion before 2012 pro MMA debut. Three inches of reach on Fuck Radinov. He's more active landing strikes in the UFC. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.33 strikes a minute. This is his second stint in the UFC. He had one fight out of the UFC and against Diego Sanchez, and now he is back and he's at plus 172. Fuck Radinov is a gladiator. 21 and 2, 11 knockouts, six submissions, never been finishing a fight. 2 and 0 in the UFC. It's part of a 16 fight win streak. He's not lost since June of 2014. Used to fight up at middleweight, 2013 pro MMA debut. He also is a uh, wrestler by trade or has wrestled. Uh, he's three inches taller than Lee. Striking and grappling stats better than Lee's. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 2.23 strikes a minute, minus 190. Obviously, Fakhradinov is the pick here. Real good fighter. Um, Lee best days are behind him and he didn't look good against Diego Sanchez as you can, uh, as I'll like can be explained probably. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask if you, if you, I heard, to... I don't think I watched that fight. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I went in back and watched Diego Sanchez versus Kevin Lee so that you guys don't have to. <laughs> yes. Um, thank you. So yeah. So just so you guys know, it's not good. It's not pretty. Um, first of all, obviously, uh, e even just looking at the result here, he he didn't finish 850-year-old Diego Sanchez. Um, he tried to chase him down with strikes. He ate a lot of counter lefts, like a lot of counter lefts. And I know that's somewhat because Diego Sanchez was southpaw in that fight. Fakhradinov won't be that. But, like, he ate a lot of counters that gave – I mean, one of them, like – Right in the second round, I, I want to say there was like, if you do happen to go back and watch it, I think it's like two minutes and 20 seconds into the second round. He eats a left hand that makes his legs wobble. And that's coming from Diego Sanchez, a guy who originally used to fight at 55. Um, Fakhradinov is a big 170. Um, he's a heavy wrestler. I think the fact that he is a wrestler here gives him an added, uh, you know, like a avenue to get the, the wrestling started in his own right. But even if it doesn't, I think he's a way better striker. Uh, remember, Fakhradinov dropped Brian Battle, too, with some strikes in their fight. So, yeah, like, I, I think he's got the power to, to knock Kevin Lee down. Uh, I think even if he doesn't, you're going to see him take over with his grappling. Um, but, yeah, Fakhradinov, and I actually think the price here is pretty nice on him. Yeah, we're not getting too many nice prices on the on the prelims here. Um, maybe that's why we ripped through. We went through it pretty quick here. N not a heck of a lot to say about a lot of these fights. Let's uh, recap it quickly. We both have Fakhradinov. We both have Rito. Uh, we both have Rojosa. We both have Kutsalatse. Kutsalatse. We both have Petrovic. And then the opener, Romanov, you have Ivanov. Right? 
That sounds right to me. Boy, look at us. Done already. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Though. We won't be gone for long. Tomorrow is going to be the main card and our our locks, dogs, parlays, props, all that fun stuff. You can catch us in the Discord until then and after then and always sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Twitter, we will be at SGPNMMA, Jeff Fox Writer and Gumby Reland. They're the handles you need to know. Gumby told you about his top turtle podcast. Get that in your ears. There's, I'm not on it, so it's a positive. You're going to want to listen to it. Uh, if you want to get all my writing in your inbox every day and enter my pick'em contest, then the place to be is moneymma.substack.com. And all things good in the sports gambling world can be found at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. All right, back tomorrow. It will be me, the Georgian Viking, Jeff Fox. Foxy, Daniel Vreeland will be with me, and we will break down the main card. Talk to you then. Bye.